Let's pray and ask God to help us. Father, would you help us grasp this festival of lights, this time where there seems to be so much darkness and your remedy for darkness is always light. So illuminate on us tonight the the word of your power. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that in the beginning, the earth was without form and void and darkness covered the face of the deep. This is a much debated scripture, formless and void. Some believe that it was chaotic and the darkness was evil. Um, I don't agree with that. The Hebrew words are tohu and bohu, and I believe they literally mean dark and void, empty. Uh, It was formless because if you'll understand the creation story, uh, water covered the earth. Therefore, there was no landscape. There was no mountains. There was nothing else. It was formless. It was embryonic. It was void of life because God didn't create any life yet. So for it to be formless and void, it was an embryo of all that was yet to come. And there was darkness. And so God, in the beginning to speak life, he first had the spirit brood over the earth. And and some people interpret that English word brood as to mean that he was upset. He was brooding. But the Hebrew word for that brood means as a bird hovers over its young, its nest. The Holy Spirit's coming to mother, if you will, to birth or give birth to the life that God is going to bring out of the embryo of this formless and void sphere. And as the Spirit begins to brood, pregnant with the word to manifest life, God said, let there be light. Let there be light. And it says in Scripture, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from darkness. Now that is a metaphor and a reference that's going to run through the entire scriptures. Light and darkness, light and darkness. God always represents light. Has anybody here ever been afraid of the dark? Why are we afraid of the dark? Can't see. And if you can't see, you get scared. It's dangerous. You could trip. You could fall. Someone could come after you. There could be something hanging in the way and going to get you. For me, it was always a monster in my basement. They're just everywhere, right? Whatever you packed into your brain from whatever you watched and listened to as a kid, when it gets dark, it's there. All the kids think there's monsters under their beds or in the closets. And the first thing you do to remedy that is do what? Turn a light on. Shadows disappear. Creatures dissolve into nothing. And so that's why we need light. We need light now more than ever. We're all searching for light. How did COVID get here? What is COVID? How do you cure COVID? We need light on this. And it's murky. It's formless and void with information. You can't trust any of it. You can't figure it out. We need light. We need light for this country. How are we going to get to the next phase? Where are we going? I can't tell. I had a staff meeting this Tuesday planning out 2021 was formless and void. (laughs) 
It was murky. We're praying to God. What next? What's your word? That's why I appreciated, Tom, what you prayed. What's your word for us as a people? We need light. You can be in complete darkness in the earth, but if you have the revelation knowledge of God, if you know where to move and how to go, I need light. The entrance of your word brings light. I've seen so many people healed from darkness and despair and anxiety when they heard a word of God come into their soul and show them what was wrong. Light entered and they were free. Light gets us where we need to go. It's powerful. And how many of you know at Christmas we celebrate the light of the world, light coming into darkness? John said this in chapter 1, verse 4, In him, Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. You know, we could shut all the lights off in here, and if someone had one match, it would draw, we'd all get our bearings straight. Have any of you ever gone down to the caverns down south, you know, uh, I don't know the names of all the different ones, and you go there and they go, okay, now everybody hold on to the railing, I'm going to do something, I'm going to show you something, and they shut the lights off. And he says, I can't leave them off more than three minutes, because you'll begin falling down. You'll become so disoriented. Because you can't see up or down, right or left, even though you have gravity without any light. And down in a cavern, when they turn the lights out, the lights are out. It's pitch black. You can't see. And when it's that dark, you lose your equilibrium. But if one match was lit, it would immediately give us a gauge to know what's up, what's down, what's right, what's left. It may not illuminate the path out, but it's just enough to get us reoriented. That's the power of hope. That's the power of light. One light. How many of you know one person with a, with a, a right attitude and a spirit of hope can change the atmosphere of a room? It can. And what the enemy wants to do is extinguish all the light. He operates in darkness because you can't see. And so the light of the world came. Uh, uh, It wasn't enough. Israel was supposed to be a light to the nations, and they were not. They failed. And Jesus came, and he's the light of the world, and the light shines in darkness, and the darkness could not overtake it. You see, darkness can only overtake light if the light quits. Darkness can never extinguish light. Do you know why? It doesn't exist. Darkness is not a substance. Darkness is not a thing. It is the absence of light. The only reason darkness exists is when a light no longer shines. Darkness can't overcome you. The church will never be dissolved. The church will never fail. You cannot extinguish the church. Because we have the light of God in us. The only way you're going to eliminate the church is if the church quits on being the light. We are a light in a dark place. 
Jesus is that light. The darkness could not overcome it. They tried to kill him. You can't put his light out. You cannot put his light out. John 8, 12 says this. When Jesus spoke to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, Jesus said this at the Festival of Lights. Bible scholars believe that it's at, in John chapter 8, it's the, the Festival of Lights, the Feast of Dedication. What that is in modern terms is Hanukkah. It's the Jews getting together at the temple. They're celebrating the Festival of Lights or Hanukkah, which is the modern term for it. Because uh, before Jesus came to earth, uh, there was a period of time when Rome came in and destroyed the temple and uh, the Maccabees family took it back and fought back for it and started sacrifice back in the temple, but they didn't have enough oil in the lamps for the lampstand in the temple. And before they could prepare and make enough oil, they had prayed before they could make enough to, so that the light wouldn't go out. And they said, let's just use what we have, but quickly prepare the oil. And they worked and they worked, and the light stayed lit for eight days. To the Jews, they believe that's a miracle of God, that he, he made the, the little oil in the cups of that lampstand stay lit for eight days. It was the presence of God encouraging them. It was a light saying, you can do this. And they were faithful. And then they produced the oil. And that's what Hanukkah is, the festival of lights. God is a light. And so here you are at the Feast of Lights celebrating. And Jesus, Yeshua, walks in. And everybody's celebrating the light. And he says, behold, I'm the light of the world. What? Do you know how bold that is? He's taking every... He, he, he said he's the Lord of the Sabbath. He says he's the bread of life. Every symbolic religious reference in the law, Jesus says, yeah, that's me. And he stands up and says it. At the Feast of Tabernacles, when they're pouring water out, he goes, I'm the living water. So if you're not in agreement with Jesus, he's ruining your party every time. But if you do know him, you're seeing the fulfillment. He's standing before that huge candelabra, that lampstand in Israel, and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Never, never walk in darkness. Sometimes I feel like I'm walking in darkness. I may be walking in darkness on the earth, but spiritually, I am never walking in darkness as long as I am watching the light of life. It's the light of life. It's the meaning of life. We get upset with what happens to us, with our jobs, with our finances, with everything else. But the true light of life, the meaning of life, I mean, the worst thing that can happen to you is you're going to die. But it ain't that bad. Because to die is gain. So you have the light of life. To walk right into death, right into the presence of God. 
I don't know if that's why there's a light at the end of the tunnel, but it's there, so might as well use it. <laughs> but what about the world? They're in utter darkness. And John says this in John 3, 19. God so loved the world, well, 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave his only beloved son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life, right? If you don't believe in him, you will be condemned because the world's condemned already. And he goes on in verse 19 and says, this is the verdict. Okay, here it is, the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Jesus came to his people and his own people rejected him. He came into the world as the light and guess what happened? Turn it off! Because they're lost in sin. And what does the light expose? Our condition. When I was a young man, I used to play in uh, a lot of different bands. I used to play in a wedding band, do a lot of wedding gigs and this and that. And then I played in a a band that played in different clubs throughout Detroit. Uh, Back in the day, people used to go to those clubs to listen to music. I, got, I stopped doing that because there was a shift and people went to bars to get drunk and so forth, and I didn't want to stay in that. But we used to go to play music. But I'll never forget, I, I always remember playing in these bars, playing in these nightclubs and stuff like that, and around 2 o'clock when, when the gig was over, uh, the wedding or whatever situation was over, and they shut everything down, and I, and I remember, I, it always amazed me, they'd turn the lights on. What a dump. You know, what a dump. You'd have all these lights flashing and lights looking good and music and everybody looks so fine. Everybody's having fun. You turn the light on and like cockroaches, man. And everybody looks terrible. And the floor's all messy, and there's it's like, what a dump. (laughs) If you don't know Jesus and the light shines on you, it's like what you look like in the morning when you get. (laughs) That's scary. But the reason the world rejects Jesus and still rejects Jesus is because he's the light, he exposes all darkness even when you're saved you want that light to shine in areas that you know you need deliverance in oh you want him to go into the depths of your soul and begin to shine in the places that are wounded and broken you know some of us still have places that we keep hidden from God we have little closets and little rooms And he'd like to go, don't go in there, Jesus. I'd like to take a look, could I? He already knows what's in there. But consider the world who doesn't know Jesus. And when we talk to them about Jesus and when the presence of Christ comes into a place, into a room or confronts a person, their darkness hates the light because it exposes their sin. Nobody, everybody's working as hard as they can to have a good self-esteem. And when the light comes on and says you're a sinner and you're judged by God and going to hell, they don't respond well to that until they 
know that it's true. Remember that? Do you remember when we came to that understanding that he's right? That we'll go to hell? We know we're sinners. All of a sudden, your attitude towards that light changes, doesn't it? It's a rescue light. It's a light that comes into my dark life. I needed this light. In despair and in darkness, oh God, how I needed light to have some understanding of what is up, what is down, what is right, what is left. Life is so hard, I don't understand it. It's so difficult. And people just skate along till the light shows up and it reveals how fallen they are. That's why they rejected Jesus. He is pure light. Pure light. How many of you have heard stories about people who have died and had visions of Jesus or have died and gone to heaven? The one thing they say is that the light is so brilliant. It's just emanating all the time. Do you know in the book of Revelation at the new creation it says, and there shall be no sun because the Lamb is the light thereof. The glory of who Jesus is, the pure light of God, as Jesus revealed who the Father was in creation by God acting as creator, he exposed the light of who he is, which is Jesus. Jesus is the emanation. All that comes from the Father is Christ. He's pure. He's holy. He's the revelation of who God is. He's the light. He's unchanging. That light is so, so pure. Let's not think that we can fool Jesus. That we can get away with our sin. His light is so pure, it will point out darkness always. And we should thank him for it. He is so pure. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed but that's the world now but whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that they have what they have done has been done in the sight of God as a believer we run to the light save me heal me deliver me but the world repels it and runs And so there's got to be something that will draw them to the light. And this is the key. It's usually not till we're broken and in complete darkness that we come to Jesus. If, If there wasn't hardship, if there wasn't pain and suffering, if there wasn't all this, people would ignore God as long as they could. They're all self-sufficient. That's why we've got to be so sensitive right now to people who are broken and anxious and depressed. This is the opportunity. They're looking for a light that shines in darkness. Oh, I've got a light for you. It's a beautiful light. That's the verdict. The verdict is the world hates the the light because the enemy works in darkness. The enemy works in darkness. So, the key for us is to always walk in the light. Walk in the light. 
Let me share with you this scripture in 1 John. John loves the metaphor of light. Every scripture I've read to you so far is from John. He always sees Jesus as the light, the light of God. Uh, except for Genesis. John didn't write Genesis. 1 John 1, 5 through 7. God is light. Oh, we could, I could preach on that for an hour. Let there be light. Rephrase that. Let there be God. In other words, God revealed himself. The Jews call, the name for God is Ein Sof. The Ein Sof is the incomprehensible one. Everybody, man's always trying to define God. If you can define God, you've got too small of a God. He's the Ein Sof. He's incomprehensible. You can't define him. You can't understand him. You can't grasp him. He is so other, so holy, so apart from everything else. He doesn't fit in anybody's bag or box. But the minute God spoke, he revealed himself as truth. The minute he said, let there be light, he revealed himself as light and light and truth. The minute he created heaven and earth, he revealed himself as a creator. Do you see what's happening here? The more God emanates, the more that he does, the more revelation you have. The more interaction with him, the more you define and understand who he is. He, as a believer, he should not be so incomprehensible to you that you don't know anything about him. He, you should know him as your healer, as your deliverer, as your father, as your Abba, as your light, as your friend, as your savior, as your all the aspects you've come to know him as because he's revealed himself that way to you. God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, and yet we walk in darkness, we're liars and do not live out the truth. That's a contradiction. If we say we're in fellowship with the pure light of God and we do things in the dark, that's a contradiction. Does that make sense to you? We've got to break all the contradictions in our lives. We've got to break relationships. We've got to break deals. We've got to break anything we're involved with that is a contradiction to the light of God. If you can't say it to somebody else, hmm. if you're hiding something, hmm. if it's undercover, guess who operates there? The enemy. If we say we have fellowship with God who is pure light and we live in darkness, we lie. We don't live in the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. This light purifies us. This is why I encourage uh, everybody that I counsel and talk to that you have to bring everything to the light. Some of us have things from our past that the enemy is condemning you and crushing you with. Some of you have issues that you've asked God to forgive you, he's forgiven you, but you're so ashamed. You still feel so guilty. It's because you're leaving it in the dark. You have to bring it to the light. James says that if we confess our faults one to another, we shall be healed. 
And so many times, this is why people come to a pastor so many times. This is why they go to confession, if you will. Is because by speaking it, what do they do? They're bringing it to the light. And that breaks the back of the enemy. Confession is essential. Sharing the deep things with somebody you can trust will will set you free. And bring it to the light. We must live in the light. And it is so essential, he says, for one another and with God. We have to be accountable to each other. We can't have darkness stay in our lives because that's where the enemy broods. That's where the enemy hangs out and hovers. God wants to bring light into every situation. I conclude with this. Jesus then says this. You you, you, you are the light of the world. A town or a city built on a hill that cannot be hidden. That's the church. That's the body of Christ. That's us. We are a light. You can't hide this light under a bushel. I'm afraid we've been under a bushel. I'm afraid that we've been able to walk and coexist with darkness. In fact, the Bible says, how can light and darkness exist together? But we have. We've been fine to live with darkness in our neighbors, in our nation, in our land, and not speak up. We've been fine to not be the light. I guess you could call us dim-witted. But the light will not allow that. Light must always be presence. And in the end, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So how do you bring light into darkness and light to a dark world when they're resisting it? They don't want to hear it. It exposes their sin. He tells us how to do it. Good deeds. Show up with the love of Christ. There's the light of Jesus. Accept people. Go to them. Speak to them. Care for them. Love them. The love of Jesus is so radical. And you know what we've done? We've compromised it so much. I've got my rights. Jesus never talked about your rights. If they slap you, turn the other cheek. If they steal from you, give them your coat. If they demand something from you, go another mile. Where's the rights in that? Well, he doesn't want me to be a doormat. No, he actually wants you dead. We're to be dead. We're to give the light of Christ. Did Jesus give everything to everybody? Yeah. He gave everything so that he could share the light. They complained about him. You're hanging around with prostitutes. You're hanging around with tax collectors. And he gave to everyone the light of God's love, the light of revelation of who God is, who forgives. And he gave his life for everyone. And so we can give our light in this hour, in this day, in this world of darkness by showing them Christ. I'm not just talking about being do-gooders. I'm talking about being Jesus with skin on, the flesh, being Christ in the flesh. Go the extra mile. Turn the other cheek. Care deeper. Give what you can. 
so that no one can outshine the church. Right? We may not have the money, but we got the heart and the light and most of all, the truth. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, I pray that we would be so motivated by the light of your word. I pray tonight for everybody in this room. I pray, Lord God, that the light is burning in them. That, Lord, as you blow the wind upon the light that's in us, it's going to burn into a bonfire. That we're going to change. We're going from 40 watts, Lord God, to thousands. I pray that that people are distracted by the light coming from us. That when we walk into a room, the atmosphere changes and it lights up with the light of God's glory.